And we're back with the If You Build a Podcast. I'm Riyad. Was that even two seconds? Yes, it was. I don't think it was. <laughs> and I will, Alice, If You Build It is a podcast that celebrates entrepreneurs and their journey to bet on themselves. And I am super honored to have Jody of Jody, yeah, consulting yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> consulting here. Uh, joining us today on episode number 10. Are you sure? Ooh. Oh, yeah. I know I have 11 here, <laughs> but I know it's 10 of our podcast. And uh, welcome, Jody. Thank you for welcome. having me. So tell us a little about yourself, what you do, what your business is. And we'll have some fun with it. Sure. So uh, my business name is Jody at Consulting. And I started the business uh, about a year and a half ago now. And uh, that came into fruition from me working in the community for close to 20 years now. And the work that I have done has really focused on connecting with racialized communities, um, providing wraparound services, culturally responsive services, all of that. And during COVID, I made a decision that, uh, I mean, a lot of it was based off the fact of us having to slow down and pause. And at that time, I said, oh, my gosh, I don't know how I spent the last 10 years of my life commuting for three hours every day. Right. And balancing that. You commuted with the family. from Bowmanville? I didn't always All live the, in. Yeah. Well, I didn't even I didn't even always live in Bowmanville. But even still living where I am in Bowmanville and Clarington, I used to. It's like an, I always refer to it as a great exodus. You get in your car, you drive to Oshawa, the parking lot in Oshawa is full. So then you go to Whitby. Sometimes that one's full. Then you drive to Ajax. Right. Park your car, get on the go train, get downtown, hop on the subway, and then you get on the streetcar and you haven't even started work yet. Right. I'll quit the first day. That's way too much. Yeah. But that's what I used to do. And my experience is not unique. Right. right? True. So uh, it was really during COVID that I said, you know what? Things are going to change because when I had that time at home with my family and I was able to do other things that I enjoyed that I never could have done with that commute. Right. Right. So at that time I, I thought about things and I thought, you know what, how do I continue to do what I love to do that really feeds my purpose and my drive, but not be caught up in this nine to five. And that's how uh, Jody consulting really started. And you focus mainly in the Durham region? No. So uh, my clients are all over. Uh, I would say all over the GTA. And I even have a couple of international clients now. Um, yeah. So and it's, how did they find out about you? Uh, Instagram. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest surprises for me is uh, I would say 90% of the folks that I work with, either entrepreneurs, educators, people that work within community, they're coming to me in my DMs through Instagram. And I don't have a huge following. I don't. But it's word of mouth. People are sharing my pages. Uh, oh, I saw you on my friend's page. Right away, they know that there's credibility behind the work that I do. So Interesting. Now, credibility. How do you build that being a a woman? How do you build that being a black woman? And sort of what was the kind of issue you had at the beginning or how do you work through your issues at the beginning of starting your business 18 months ago? Yeah. So to be honest with you, uh, I don't, I don't know if my experience was different. I didn't have a lot of the challenges that I thought I was going to have. So when I made the shift from working within the social service sector into going into my own business, in my mind, I thought, okay, things are going to start out slow. I'm going to get my feet wet. I'm going to figure out my marketing and some outreach strategies. That was not the case <laughs> at all. I actually had no time to get up an Instagram page. I had no time to think about outreach because there was so much influx coming in. Right. And that was because of the fact that I was still in the same field. 
So in terms of credibility, my credibility is that I've worked in the sector for 20 years. So people already know who I am. They've already worked with me. And now I'm working with the same organizations, but in a different capacity. Right. right? And, and, the type, and the types of issues that you help organizations with include? Yeah. That was, that was my next question. What do they include? <laughs> do they include? <laughs> so for me as a consultant, I bring a lot of just my lived experience in the field, right? Yeah. So being a manager in youth departments, I know what it means when you're trying to stretch that funding or when you're having to write grant applications or when you have to navigate a board that's maybe difficult, right? Um, a board that maybe is disconnected from the realities of what the organization needs on the front line. Uh, or maybe it's working through um, staffing challenges where you have personality dynamics. How do you navigate that as a manager? And so those are some of the things that I come in and do as a consultant. And um, probably the biggest thing that I've been doing uh, in terms of what people are looking for with services is around strategic planning. So we've got our organization. We're doing these things. We're not quite sure if we're on the, the right track. And how do we develop a really clear plan around what we're going to do over the next two, three years? Very interesting. Uh, anything to add there, uh, Riyadh? Any big surprises going into this uh, on your own? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, big surprise around taxes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. They, 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 if, if they're more aggressive when you're an entrepreneur, I find. Yeah. So it calls all the time. I think... Um, our next guest can help you. <laughs> yes. Oh, is that their... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> our next guest can help you. So okay. Help me, Maybe help I should stick massively. around, right? Yes. So I think... Uh, I always say with young people, you know, you when you know better, you do better. And when you don't know, you can't do. Right. Right. And so when I was going into business, I like that. I like I'd that repeat line. it, but I don't know if I can remember it. <laughs> 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 but when you when you when you're starting up your business, you say, OK, I, I need to do this. I'm going to research this and that. And I thought that I was on the right track. Um, I didn't realize that you're not supposed to be collecting GST until you hit a certain income level. Right. Like there's a lot of little things that you don't know. And then when it comes time to do your taxes, you're backpedaling yes. and, you know, the accountant's saying, okay, pull up receipts for this. Oh, I don't have those receipts. I didn't know I could claim that, right? Right. So that to me is something in hindsight. I wish that I had more knowledge around um, the administrative side of the taxes and um, bookkeeping, what you can claim, what you can't claim, all of that. Interesting. And now when it came to starting your business, though, like how do you know where to go? Like how do you know how to start it? Like who helped you? Along the way, at the beginning part of the of the business, yeah. So, I really just looked at everything that I had been doing within the sector. Right. Uh, a lot of it, I don't know if people realize, but a lot of the not for profit sector is very similar to starting up your own business, right? True. So you no money. Yeah, no money, <laughs> or maybe you get a small pool of money, right. and then you need to figure out, okay, what resources do I need? Staffing, supplies, operations. Who do I need to partner with? Um, who do I need to check in with, even around mentorship and guidance in terms of what am I doing? Um, who are the clients? Um, how do I know what their needs are? Because it's not for me to determine that, right? So I really took all of that experience and I transferred it into my business. And then the second thing for me was uh, connecting with other entrepreneurs, and so uh, my friend group has shifted a little bit. Um, you know what? I, yeah. I, 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 any entrepreneur you tend to change because yeah. like-minded people stick together, right? Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's been hard for some of my friends, right? Oh, we're doing this. And, uh, sorry, I got to work. Oh, Jody, it's the weekend. I'm an entrepreneur. I yeah. sometimes work seven days a week and then maybe I don't work the next three because that's yeah. what makes sense, right? But yeah, you know, I enjoy the fact that my schedule's all, all over the place. I used to so, hate it. I sold cars. I was off like Tuesday, Wednesday. You know, it's so dumb. <laughs> I'm trying to but, picture he's a car salesman. Uh, I was uh, <laughs> a Clareton Toyota, great cars. I mean, I love Toyota, but yeah. uh, but not for me. <laughs> uh, early Saturday morning. It was a good thing about 
running a business, you know you're how you work. I am not a morning person. Yeah, neither so am I. I, knew this, I know if I have showings on a weekend, I schedule myself at 11. Showings during the week or in the evenings in real estate primarily, <laughs> right? You got some during the day, but most of them yep. are in the evenings. I love night work. Yep. I can work every, any night. Um, but interesting, you said about friends. Mm-hmm. When you went into, when you left in the security of an income every two weeks or every week to saying, you know, now I'm going to do my yeah. own, run my own thing and market myself. What did your parents, what did your friends say when you, when you decided to go down, down that path? I had overwhelmingly support. Yeah, I did. Wow. They, they had said to me, you should have done this years ago. <laughs> You're the right person. Right. You're going to be great at it. I honestly had a lot of support oh, um, inside. I was thinking, oh my God, I'm going to leave that job security. It, and then with COVID, we didn't really know what was going on with the economy because it looked like things were opening up. Were they? Um, so it definitely was um, a leap of faith around that. But uh, it's probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. So was there a moment when you knew exactly you were going to leave? Like, Ooh, this was it. I wanted to leave the <laughs> nine to five and go into this. I think you have a few moments when you work for somebody <laughs> where, true. you yeah, know. Yeah, but, but, I, but is there one that said, you know what, this I'm, I'm finished. I, Gotta go on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was working with an organization that will remain nameless, and uh, I was. Give us a hint. No, I cannot. (laughs) But I was having an interaction with somebody that was completely condescending, disrespectful, dismissive, and I just thought in my head, "Oh my god, I know, I know what I'm talking about, and I don't need to be engaged with like this. I'm so done with this." Mm. And that for me, I said, I'm not doing this anymore. That's a wrap. We're not going to, we're not going to be in situations where I have to feel that I have to, um, you know, cowtail to somebody. It's just not going to happen anymore. When it comes to organizations and employees, especially we have kids that are, you know, coming out of school, the education systems, you know, a lot of people are questioning it, you know, you know, and what it should do to sort of prepare people for work. You know, when you're working with organizations that deal with a lot of youth, what do you, how do you guide them to help them manage the new kind of workforce that we're seeing today? Yeah. So I think uh, one of the, well, there's two things, right? And one of them is definitely related to COVID. So we have a number of young people that just have a huge gap in, in terms of education, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we were online, but we know what that looks like. Um, and so what we're seeing now for young people as they're entering the workforce is they're missing their life skills. Right. So it's not so much about how do I do the job. <laughs> he, just, he just chuckled in my yeah. ear. Yeah. Like things True. that we probably take for granted. Yep. Somebody walks into the room. How do you engage with them? How do you make that person feel welcome when they come into the space? Right. Um, we customer service, but um, how do you manage conflicts? How do you navigate everyday life situations that we encounter? A lot of our young people are missing those those foundational items. Simple handshake so, sometimes. You know? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then the other, the other challenge that uh, we find is, uh, and this is kind of cliche, but it's this um, sense of entitlement, right? So (laughs) I've arrived and I want to be a supervisor or a manager immediately, but doing the least amount of work to expect that. Right. Right. And so again, that kind of goes back to life skills and just being real. Like that's not realistic. (laughs) Interesting. So when you're working with these organizations, what is the biggest gap at times with when it comes to um, an organization sort of figuring out how they can sort of come out of a situation or better themselves for their employees? Or, you know, you know, you and I talked, we talked about earlier this year, we talked about social issues yeah, yeah. impacting like, you know, the George Floyd and the sure. work environments, yeah. all that stuff. How can an organization, you know, this whole war right now that's happening, people getting into trouble all the time. How can they navigate 
a message or a, a thought or you know a process so you can stay out of trouble. Sure. In terms of that, conveying that to young people. Yeah, young people and just and and, and people in general. Really, when you think about it. Within organizations, uh, I always go back to communication and the culture right. of the organization, right? Um, just like if you go to someone's home, there's a culture around how things feel, how people interact with one another. There's expectations around how you engage with folks when you go into someone's home. And it's very similar within a workspace environment as well that you'll see that within organizations. And so uh, there's often explain it there's often silos with what that looks like. That's, that's true. Yeah. So you yeah. go into an organization, you can connect with the front line. Typically speaking, the front line gets it. And the front line are the folks that are working directly with our communities, right? They're providing the services. They're doing the facilitation, the outreach. Their, their ear is really at the, at the ground of our communities around what that, what that heartbeat is saying, right? And then you get into management and management. Yeah, they still might get it, right? Because, uh, you know, it wasn't too long ago that they were in front line and whatnot. Right. But the higher up you go, the bigger this disconnection comes. And so often what happens is organizations are in a position where they're saying, this is what our community needs, or this is, these are the resources that we need to engage our young people meaningfully. We know this because we have the evidence. That, that supports that. But by the time it gets up to the top line at the board, we're like, oh, I don't even understand this. I mean, I'm looking <laughs> at this uh, research report and that's not what it states. So we're not going to do that. Right. What, when you think about your day, what does your day typically look like when it comes to running your business? I don't have a typical day. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What is, okay. What is, uh, all right. Well, t- a standard day, not yeah. typical, a standard day. So I'm also not a morning person and I, I'm finding this is really typical with entrepreneurs where we all seem to love oh, working. He's different. He's different. Okay. He's, okay. he's up early. Oh, okay. That's the balance yeah. with you guys, right? He's usually, he's yeah. usually ironing his jeans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have an iron, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah, look at the very look at that crease. It's amazing. <laughs> that is a very sharp crease. I know a lot of aunties that would be uh, very proud. <laughs> so uh okay, typical day. Uh Communication. So I check my Instagram mm-hmm. often because, as I said, that's I get way more um, direct messages than I do emails. Wow. And even though I'll direct people to my email, they still go back to my DMs, right? So mm-hmm. uh, that's been a little bit of a struggle for me around how do I gently direct my clients where I need them to go so that I can stay on top of what's happening. Because right. you can't manage your clients and your DMs. Like that's not. No, no, it's a lot. It's not a good idea, right? Sure. Oh, maybe a CRM system. Oh, maybe. Okay. Yep. Uh, so I I do that. Uh, I'm not as good at posting as I should be, but I'm a work in progress. So I'm trying to get content out there and do that. So I enjoyed the podcast earlier around yes. that. And then um, I don't, in terms of outreach, I don't really do outreach. It's more about looking at my, my clients that I have um, at the moment. So I have a board in front of my desk and every organization or business that I work with, I have that up there. I'm very visual. So if it's not in front of me, it may fall to the wayside. I have to have those visual reminders. And uh, I look up and I say, okay, these three clients, I have to do these two things today. Those ones, they're good until next week. Right. right? And uh, from there, I dive into some administrative work, which could be everything from, uh, I do a lot of design work within the work that I do Mm -hmm. um, because uh, again, people being visual learners. So if I'm talking about a strategic plan, it's easier for an organization to look at that with infographics, with with charts and visuals of what it looks like, as opposed to reading a dry, boring narrative. Report, mm-hmm. Right. Favorite movies. 
Oh, they're appropriate for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Okay, this is weird and random maybe, but uh, I love the movie Beaches. And Beaches, Bette Midler's in it. and uh, Barbara. Barbara Streisand, isn't it? No, no, um, Bette Midler. (laughs) Bette Midler. So you're right, musical. And I think her name is Barbara Hershey. Hershey. Barbara Hershey, yes. yes. I don't know why I love this movie. I think it's very nostalgic for me. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I watched it, I probably watched it way too young. Yep. And I I just, I don't know. I loved it. And then I've never been able to watch it since because I can't find it on any platform. You know, you think about certain movies and you mm-hmm. want to watch and you can't find it. I can't even picture it. Well. I, I, I thought, I, it's, a, it's a good movie. I saw it as a kid. I think it's yeah, a good movie. It's a good movie. Um, but I just discovered that it's on, um, I think it's on Crave. Oh, really? So listen, it's, it's, Matt, I've marked it down. I'm having a beaches night soon. I'm so excited. Yeah. Perfect. Favorite TV show currently? Oh, so uh, this is us. Uh, Phenomenal. Will Will cried. I cried. Oh, the, the, I, uh, I cried I'll say the this, whole I'll thing. I'll say this, the Miguel episode at the last season. Oh. Like I did not expect that, and because I, I was just saying, I uh. wish there was a Miguel episode, and then you know. The last yes, three episodes, they, they gave it to us. Yeah, yeah they gave it to the, yeah. the, the, the like the third last episode, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, such a good show. The writing was so genius, and I, I know that the show's done, but um, the writing it was so genius. And for me, uh, going through CAS, um, being in a lot of white spaces growing up, mm-hmm. it just was like, "Oh my gosh." You're telling exactly, you're, you're, you're showing exactly what I experienced in so many ways that I couldn't even articulate, right? Mm. Um, so that for me, I'll probably watch it. A and the great times thing over. about that show, because, you know, we, are, I mean, I have old parents, we have old parents. Yeah. It, I believe, truly are, like articulates, because it shows you them young, yeah. current age, and yeah. then old, yeah. right? And honestly, I hate getting old, but, you know, you see your parents' <laughs> age yeah. and how yeah. to manage that, how you're a family, you come together, you figure out a plan. Mm-hmm. All the dynamics. All the yeah. dynamics. Yeah. It was really well done. It yeah. was never over the top, I found. If yeah. I was pretty real, to, I mean, people got angry. People, it was very you know, realistic. Very realistic yeah. in my opinion. Um, but yeah, this, this is a great yeah. show. Did you know that um, it's the same writers that did Parenthood? Yes. I, I didn't lo- know that. I loved, which the, I, I loved, loved it too. Parenthood. Yeah. Loved yeah. the Parenthood. Yeah. Favorite books? Favorite books. She's got many. Okay, I so, do. I yeah. a question. Favorite book as an entrepreneur? You know Ooh, what? Interesting. I'm I'm pausing because I'm a little bit of a book addict. So I'm picturing my nightstand, which has 10 books on it. And they're all related to entrepreneurism and everything else. And I find just based off my life, I can't read a whole book. So I, I go in, I highlight. Okay, that's a good tidbit. And I move on. You highlight over highlight or do you under highlight? Uh, I over highlight for sure. Yep. Because it's clean. You don't got to have a straight line. You know. That's the thing. I, just, I, I say that because I look at people's books and they, you know, a highlight is truly what it's supposed to be. Highlight, highlight. it. Yeah. You highlight a sentence, yep. not a paragraph. That's right. You highlight a key word or phrase. Yep. Right. But I find when I used to look to people's books, and I'm not a reader, I, I'm an audiobook person. And I and the entire page, but like one word oh. is highlighted. <laughs> you know what uh, I thought you meant? What? <laughs> just to show you how much of a nerd I am. <laughs> what? I thought you meant, do you highlight underneath the words or oh, over the oh, words? No. And I when highlight over. over hi- meaning they highlight the oh, entire page. Yeah, I know. No, 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 no. Like no, a highlight no. is supposed to be one important exactly. fact, not an entire I highlight page. highlight and bend the page if it's really good. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay. So in terms of that, um, oh, this is so bad. I can't remember the title of it, but it's about... Um, 
how to describe it. It focuses on work cultures and how you create a culture for yourself in terms of entrepreneurism, right? So how is the culture, what does the culture look like in terms of um, your standards around engagement and um, just how you really build a standard for yourself around the work that you do because nobody holds you accountable except for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Well, what's your favorite book? Atomic Habits, um, Compound Effect. For entrepreneurial. For those yeah. yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I don't have many favorite <laughs> 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 The, uh, what's it, Not Giving an F book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yep. That was good. Yeah, yeah, that's a classic. You know, but yeah, like, I, but again, I'm 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 an audiobook person. Like, I can't sit there and read words. So like, uh, we read enough as as everyday people. What's been your biggest surprise so far in your business? I, for me, uh, I would definitely say how emotions are so much a part of the work. So does that make it hard? Uh, no. So I'll give you an example just so it's, it's more clear. I had a introductory meeting with somebody that had reached out to me on Instagram and, uh, they have what I would consider to be a grassroots organization. Right. And they said, I've been following you for months. I've been meaning to reach out. I keep putting it off. And they said, no, I need to do this. I need to do some strategic planning and really have my vision on paper so that right. we can follow this. Right. And so I said, great, let's set up the introductory meeting. And as we were having the meeting, uh, the person that I was connecting with started crying. And this happens quite often where they just say, you know what? You get what I'm talking about. Because a lot of organizations, they start with a founder. So people have their hearts behind the work that is happening, right? And she said to me, I feel so much better knowing that I'm in good hands with you around moving forward because you get the vision. I don't have to waste time explaining to you what the work looks like because you already know it. You've done it. Right. And that means a lot to me that it's not, yes, it's a job and this is a business, but I'm still dealing with real people's lives. Right. Amazing. And what's your uh, social? Oh, yes. So we can find you. Oh, Jody underscore. Yeah. On Instagram. And uh, my email address is info at jodyaconsulting.com. You have a website. I do. Yeah. It's jodyaconsulting.com. Thank you. Yes. Look at how quick that was. I know. In and out. <laughs> In and out. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I know. Th- will we say a goodbye? Well, well, yeah. Well, goodbye. Till next time. Yeah, <laughs> Till next time. Now. Now. Please, so I know. Yeah, yeah we're good. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank was- you.